Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right. So let's talk some author stuff, which we do quite a bit. <laughs> the craft. Yes. And the publishing, the business, and there's a yes. whole lot to it now. You said you wrote the Choose Your Own Adventure books almost as an experiment, which I thought was great because I did the same thing with a few fiction books. I wrote them to see if I could do it, to see what it's like to publish, see if they would sell, see how you sell all of that jet. So yes. what, did, what were some other things you learned from writing the Choose Your Own Adventure books that are helping you now writing the thriller? Get a cover that showcases your genre. I say that because we were very fortunate that we had a great cover artist who did the first two covers for our a series of fun mistakes. He donated them, and he is very talented. He is a comic book artist, though. He, so he, the covers, people contacted us and said, I don't have all the images. I don't have all the, the illustrations. And that was something that we had not thought about. So the last two books go more along with the genre. So I would say your cover is extremely important. Study others in your genre and don't feel bad if you think I'm stealing from them. Everybody steals from everybody else, okay? If you are writing a mystery and there is somebody with a magnifying glass and a trench coat on another book, see how that book sold, okay? Maybe you need something just like that or just a variation. And the other thing I've learned is to listen to your fans. I had no intention of writing an entire saga four-part series until the fans started saying, where does it go? What's next? And then it really helped me get feedback to start saying, okay, let's take the character in this direction. Let's see what people think. Let's listen to our launch team, see what they think about this. So it really was something, listen to your fans and get a cover that fits your genre. There you go. And I, I agree. I've heard over and over again. Even from J.D. Barker. J.D. Yeah. Barker's been with Jim Patterson on the uh, New York Times bestseller. And he said, if the guy over here in your genre is selling books and he has a girl looking to the left and there's a sunset behind her, you should put a girl looking to the left with a sun. And it's not uh, just it, it, because the cover is what people need to say, oh, yeah, I like that type of book. It's not to say oh, the story in that book looks great. You don't see a, a vampire book with just like a ship on the cover, okay? <laughs> it might take place on a ship, but you need to see something that is vampire related. You yeah. need to see fangs, you need to see blood, you need to see a bat, you need to see it. But if it takes place on a ship, then maybe you see like a, a figure in a cape, Dracula, on a ship, but you don't have just a ship. And I think it's changed through the years. I think... Sometimes people look at stuff from like the 70s that they read and loved growing up, 
and they go, oh, I want it like that. Because you mentioned vampires. I, I, th- I believe King's Salem's Lot, the first cover was black with two teeth and red blood dripping off the one tooth. And Ooh. that was the cover, which worked well at the time. It still may work well now, but right. you can't necessarily say what worked in the 70s works in 2020. So, right. definitely. Yeah, and speaking of Stephen King, we listened to his uh, book later that came on a the road trip one. recently. And the cover is a kid and a lady leaning against a car. Yeah. And it later is about a kid that can speak to dead people, but he's Stephen King. He can do that. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's earned the right to just have a cover that just says it. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and it's it. interesting you say that because he's probably one of the very few that really could do that. Because even like James Patterson, which we've mentioned, he mm-hmm. still gets covers that fit the genre. He writes in tons of genres with multiple people, but right. the cover always fits in. I don't think very many of Patterson's books do something stylish or whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? So yeah. there you go. So what software do you use to write? And Let's what see. services do you like? Sure. I would say I start with Scrivener. I start with Scapel. Scapel is a corkboard type program where you can go through and just move, you put in information and say, okay, act one, act two, act three, and then you move things around and see where they work. And from there, I move it into Scrivener, which is a word processing program. I use ProWriting Aid, which is a editing program that will tell me, okay, that's a little too passive, or, you, or that word doesn't exist, Will, you've got to come up with something. And then from there, I think, actually, one other thing I do is, this is my Note 8, okay? And the reason I love my Note 8, this is my favorite phone of all time, I'm not sponsored, but I have my stylus and I can write anything that I want right here. So right. if we are going somewhere and an idea hits me, I can just jot it down. And that, there, oh, there you go. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, cheers on that. <laughs> awesome, man. Yes. I love this thing. So that is, that's generally what we use. How about you? Pretty much the same setup. It's funny though, with the phone, more often than not, I've been using, I think it's Google Live Transcribe. And if I think of something, I'll just start talking into that and it just puts it on text and then I can just copy it over. That's awesome. I've got my voice recorder that when I'm driving and an idea hits me and I just think, oh, this, of course, I don't look at it within 24 hours. I go, what in the world was I talking (laughs) Right. (laughs) Why did I say bear claw? Was I hungry or was there a bear claw involved in something? Or both, exactly. (laughs) Scrivener, which I personally love, and it's probably because my analytical brain, it nicely organizes things. Is that what you used to get your choose your own adventure laid out? Or did, how did you plan those? What was your steps in thinking? I had not started using Scrivener until the last book. And I had, didn't even have Scapple. When I wound up getting Scapple, it made the world, it made it so much easier because I was completing a story and I needed to answer the questions that happened in act one of the first book. So I had a wonderful way to move things around to, and it really helped me to move things in a, in a logical format. But before that, I just literally had paper and word. And I just wrote like that and just saw where it went. But it probably would have been a lot easier if I outlined more than just doing something in a list. Being able to take an idea and say, what if this happens 10 pages earlier and move it up here? Does that increase the pacing? Does that hurt character development? So I did not do it like that. But the last book, which was very satisfying, 
some fans have said, okay, yes, that answered the questions that I was wondering about. It really helped to have the outlining software of Scapel and have Scribner where I could just move things around. Yeah, I agree with that. Have you looked into any of the interactive fiction software that's out there? I have not. I, I honestly have not looked into it. I've heard so little about it. I know that there is, uh, in game theory, there's some stuff out there that people talk about, but I have not looked. Okay. I was just curious because I've looked into a few because what's nice about some of them is you can, once you export it, it's in HTML and JavaScript, put it on your, just put the pages on your website. So I thought it would be a great way to have the story available without having to necessarily go through all the publishing. Plus then you can do fun things like put in weapons and stuff. And then the next time you come to that room, it's not there. Stuff like that that you really can't do on a published book. So I was just curious, do you have any thoughts or plans of doing any more Choose Your Own Adventure at some point, going back to doing that? Maybe. Right now, I have this series that I'm working on, and I have an idea for another series uh, that I've outlined. And it is something that I could see coming back to at one point, but it is not going to be next I'd say a few years. I've I've really got some stuff that I I want to get out there to get the ideas out of my head and actually on paper and away from me. (laughs) Right, right. But uh, I could see revisiting it at one point in time. Okay. So I've got a couple years I can get mine out. I'm not going to be a hit by you. (laughs) man. Look, it it is fun. I reckon it is is a great way to do it. So I'm I'm excited for you, man. I would love... I've had other authors ask me, as I said, how do I do this? And I would love to share. I would love for people to take it and run with it. I would love for this to make a comeback. We should, not now, down the road a couple of years after mm-hmm. I do some of the things I'm doing, we should elaborate on like how to write a choose your own adventure book for kids. That'd be a lot of fun because That'd it's, be cool. like you said, it's, it's module based. It is yeah. you know, basically coding saying, okay, where do you move certain modules? What do you I mean? What mistakes you make? How do you loop back? So it is a lot of computer, uh, it's computer thinking, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. We'll have to keep that in mind. That'd be fun to look at doing in a couple of years down the road. Awesome. So you went from kids books, choose your own adventure, fun kids books, and you right. went, great. Now that I've got some writing, I've got established uh, name out there, an author name. I'm going to scrap all that and go with something completely different and a different genre, different age group, everything. Why make that? You already said you wanted to write thrillers, but I know a lot of people that would have been hard because you already spent time on this and building and you could have put out some more kids books and probably got a bigger audience easier, quicker. So uh, was there anything other than, hey, this is really what I want to do? It was tough to say, okay, we've, as you said, we've developed a following. You have people that like the story. And it's one of the reasons that I wanted to complete the story before I went on to write thrillers. I've known, I've, as a reader, I've read too many authors that I've been a fan of their work, and then they just stopped writing it. Or they said, we're going to write this other thing. I'm a big fan of shiny objects syndrome, okay? If I see it, I want to <laughs> grab it, okay? I want to write something else. But I, the loyalty to the fans of, okay, have to complete the story. Yes, i I don't expect all those fans to follow us because they they were reading for nostalgia. Some people were reading it to their kids because they said, I grew up with this and I want you to have fun reading this. We're going to go through and make the choices together. I know people that did this as a family and just sat there and would make the choices and make a night of it. 
And then there is a thriller book where that is a single person reading the book. And it is business-wise, it's changing the brand, it's changing the genres, but this is really where I'm passionate. This is where I get to really shine. This is going to be a lot of fun to read because I appreciate this type of reading. This is something that I'm going to go to the bookstore. I'm going to grab this book and I'm going to read this. And so writing something that I like to read, I hope that my passion shows through and people say, okay, I see why he made the change. Okay, nice. And you are, you're using different pseudonyms for each one, right? Yes. Okay. It's, it's funny. My, the, a series of fun events had the name W. A. Pepper the third on it, written out phonetically. And the reason is the U.S. Census, for some reason, sent me my census in my name spelled out like that. They had me as Mr. The Third. <laughs> and I had to explain to somebody over the phone, okay, I am the third person named this. I am named after my grandfather. He was named after my father. My name is not the third. And they said, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, so WAP the third lives on in, in interactive ebooks, but W period A period Pepper is going to be my thriller name. Nice. Okay. So you're releasing the book in June. It's in editing right now. So it seems like you could release it sooner. So what are some of the things you're doing to prepare? Because you use the other books to learn from, which is perfect and great. So I assume you've got some things in mind that to build up for that release. Could you share right. some of those? What we want to do is we want to have the book as ready as possible and get it out, advanced reader copies to people, get them out, reviewers, get them out to people that are fellow writers people that could give us some feedback that we could actually have build kind of a momentum before it's just released. And we also want to do this with an audio book because so many people will say, have told me, oh, I understand you've got a book, but I only listen to audio books. We want to be able to, if we release at the same time, great. If we don't, then to tear it, say this week, the paperback comes out, but next week, the audio book, because we want to push the momentum as much as a snowball effect as, as possible. So we're just now reading about book launch programs, about if you want to get reviews, if you want to get in the trades, if you want to get in the libraries, if you want to get awards. So we're learning all this. And so that's what we're learning so that we can put that together for the book launch. So that's why it's June. So we can learn, try some stuff and then say, OK, this gives us a chance to get this book as good and out there as possible to give it a fighting chance. Nice. OK. And it'll be interesting to keep up with you a little bit and see what some of the things you do. And if we talk again later, find out what worked and what didn't, that'd be great. Oh, I, would, I would love to. As I said, it's a, it is a group effort here. Learning, I love sharing what I've learned. And I can say I make many mistakes. My wife, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but there's a meme of Skeletor. And Skeletor is the enemy from He-Man. And he says something and then he runs away. And so I made this for my wife. It says, Will, you have a real problem with tents in this book. See you in six weeks. And I did. I had a problem with tents because I was not thinking about it. I, said, I want to write in present active. I want to do it like they did the Hunger Games, Maze Runner. And then I was like, I wrote in past tense. Oh, so I had to make all these changes because I want people to feel more in the moment. But those are the mistakes that I've made as a novice writer. 
as somebody that's putting out their first full-length book. And I'm, I'm going to be learning, and I'm going to be making mistakes, and I'm excited to make those mistakes and to share them with everybody. Yeah, and I myself have been learning the, the story part, that's one thing, and some of the craft part. And it started off like a lot of authors. Oh, I wrote something. Let me send it to an editor. I got a lot of red. But I definitely kept the mindset I'm learning. And I took that as a learning thing. And the first thing I wrote, literally, I ripped out half 70,000 words. I took 35,000 out because I'm like, this is all crap. I see that. But I haven't even done anything with it to set it aside because I, I moved to something else. And the advice I would give somebody who's even newer than me is write a bunch of things, write a short story, write a long novel, write another short story, get it edited, learn what you're doing bad, use pro writing aid and use it as a yeah. learning tool. Don't be so focused on, I wrote something, let me publish it. That, that's what I learned myself. And there's some people that can do that and more power to them. I would love to get to that point that it's just done. And like, but my wife said, if you ever get to the point that you write something and it's perfect, we have other issues to deal with <laughs> because I really, I'm not a person that initially liked feedback. On one of my manuscripts, my wife found some major plot holes and I just stared at her and she could just see like fire shooting from my eyes. And it took three days for me to say, okay, you're right. You're right. That's an issue. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, it's done. It's great. I don't even think it's great. I think it's, I was going to buy this at one point on eBay or Amazon. There is a, a fake gold piece of crap. Okay. And that's the way I feel about my writing right there. Oh, but it's gold, but it's crap. Okay. And so if I finish something and say, I feel I'm going to have to put it away for a bit because I don't know how I feel about it. That's a good sign because that means I'll be more open looking at it later. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is growing in the writing. That's the thing with the, the 2017 manuscript. My writing has changed and I came from a screenwriting uh, background. So I would be more dialogue dependent and you would have less setting. Now I'm learning how much setting is a character itself. You don't have the shining without the, uh, without the hotel. Okay. Right. It is a creature. All right. And it is something that you sit there and you have to craft. So it's, uh, it's, I'm becoming more patient, but I'm also like, Ooh, I feel like maybe it's done. Then I'll put it to the side and come back and look at it, but you can edit something to death. Yeah. So that's why it's off to an editor right now. And they can tell me, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And we'll go from there. And that's something I, I learned from JD. I'm still learning is some of the little things people get nitpicky about and worry about and change again. And, and it's that's when someone reads your story, they get done with the whole book. They're not going to remember every individual sentence and word choice. They remember right. the overall story. So that's the most important part. And I think sometimes that gets lost that a lot of authors, myself included, focus too much on the grammar, the spelling, and what should I put this in italics or not italics? I was doing that and JD basically said, shut up, who cares? If I tell you italics, put it in italics. If I tell you to take it out, it doesn't matter. Move on with the story. So, And so rarely are those things a fatal flaw. My wife and I were listening to a different book and a character made the complete opposite choice uh, that we thought was going to happen. And so we we had to stop listening to the book for about 10 minutes. Okay. Just very mad at this writer because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. And then, then hit play and said, and then a few minutes go by. I'm like, okay, that's why they did that. Okay. Okay. Still not very happy with it, but I can see why. 
So it's something that did it make us stop listening to the book? No, we just had to take a break and get angry for a minute and then say, okay, all right, it works. Yeah. It, it, it makes me laugh even more now because you get those. I haven't seen them on my stuff, but others you'll see someone will give it a one star because I found this word that was missing an apostrophe. Really, that's a one star reason. It's like, come on, that's got to be some other writer that's just trying to knock other people down. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I don't want to be that person because there are times that I just get so mad because some writer, they're, I'm comparing their current work to their old work, and that is completely unfair. I should yeah. sit there and I just be learning to be patient about it and say, okay, look at it from just this, you know, this silo point of view. This book, I've gotten a one-store review before. It did not have comment because I was going to, that have been awesome. I've seen people put on a mug, their one-store yeah, review. That's, that's great. Anybody watching this, that does not mean give me a one-store review right. unless you mean it. And if you do, I'm sorry. Yeah. Move on to a different author. That's, that's my right. Thing. That's yeah. right. I, I recommend other people. The people that I just talked about, the Brad Meltzers, the Ruth Wares, please read their work. I do. They're great. Yeah, I agree. All right. Of course, it's been great talking to you. I had a great time. I'm glad we met yeah, this man. summer and we're catching up on things. But before we go, though, what last minute advice would you give to new authors out there? I, that's a very good question. I think I would like to say this. I wrote my first book, my first manuscript when I was 15 years old. And uh, I had an idea. I really worked on it and I sent it out to agents and I actually had one agent call me and when she found out that I was 15 years old she said there's no way you wrote this and hung up on me and that shook me to my core I thought that people would think I was plagiarizing I thought people would say I was a hack I thought I thought all these negative thoughts that were already in the back of my head because to the writers and uh, future writers that are watching this that have those doubts those are normal they are there. Do not listen to them because I let 20 years pass before I wrote my next manuscript. And you will have people that say, you can't do this. They will say things like, oh, anybody can write a book. You, only you can write your book. Only you can write your story. And the thing is, if you like it, if you really are passionate about it, somebody else is going to love your book. It may be a kid. It may be somebody who's in the, like their, their 90s or something. But you're going to have somebody that is going to tell you, they loved your book for one reason or another, and it is going to be something that you need to put in a bottle and you need to sip on at time because you're going to have these doubts of like, oh, maybe I should leave this project and go work on something else. Maybe I shouldn't write at all. Do not listen to those voices. You are bigger than that. And you're writing. The world needs it. So please write. And I'll say also this, please edit. Okay. Because I don't like it. I don't like editing. But that first draft, you're going to have to take it from my cold, dead hands to quote Charlton, or to paraphrase Charlton Heston, because I've said the first draft, okay, it's ready. And then I'll put it away for a month, grab it and go, okay, this, this needs some work. But write, edit, and believe in yourself. Yeah. And I would add to that, give yourself the mindset that the first five books are your teaching and training books and look forward to the editing because that's your yeah. teacher. That's where you're learning from. That's how I approach have approached it. So that is that is exactly right. And be patient. Be 
I want to get words on the page every day. I want to do that. And I want them to be new words. I would rather look at a blank page than edit a page. <laughs> but be patient with yourself. It is a, this is a career. This isn't just, you no know, something that you do a little bit. This is a long journey. You're going to have times that you sprint. There are going to be times you walk. It, be patient with yourself. There you go. All right. Appreciate it. It's been great talking to you, man. Yeah, man. You have a great day. Great. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.